it's Sophia Franklin. You are listening to Sophia with an S, and the S is for phenomenal. (laughs) This podcast is rated F. What do you think is harder? And answer correctly, please. (laughs) Podcasting or SNL? Doing a live sketch. The fact that you're even thinking about it, I feel so much better about my life. Yeah. Are you thinking about it? I'm trying to think about how to be nice. Yeah. Can you feel it, Sloots? The days are getting warmer and spring has officially sprung, which means spring break is here. Which, for the older folk, that basically means people are going outside, they're staying outside, and they are staying out way longer. But the thing is, who wants to deal with those post-party struggles? I know I don't. I mean, I quite literally and physically can't at this stage in my life. And that's where my spring break essential comes in which is Taste Salud. Say goodbye to the Sunday Scaries with Taste Salud's hydrating drink mixes. Listen, I started my spring break a little bit early last weekend when my best friend Allie came to town and we had a night or two on the town and how I felt, honestly, come Monday morning was better than any spring break party you can imagine. And that is a rare occurrence for me and has only started happening since I've started drinking Taste Salude religiously. Because unlike those big name brands we all know, Salude knocks it out of the park with their one-of-a-kind flavors. I'm drinking one right now. And no, it's not because I plan on drinking any kind of alcohol, but just because I'm trying to get hydrated and energized. I'm obviously drinking the horchata flavor, but you get to enjoy flavors like cucumber lime, hibiscus, and they even have mocktails now. Say hello to Paloma and strawberry margarita. Filled with electrolytes and vitamins that support hydration and boost immunity with less sugar. I'm talking only one gram of sugar per stick. This is exactly what you need to get your Sunday fun day going, regardless of what the rest of the day entails. And here's the best part. They're sharing the love with all of my listeners. Enjoy 10% off your first purchase with the code SOFIA10 at checkout. That's S-O-F-I-A and the number 10 at TaySalude.com. Cheers to health this spring break season with TaySalude. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sophia with an F. I am here with Keenan Thompson. We are recording from WTF Media Studios in New York. Yes. This is the best place to record. It definitely is. Keenan, you've been here before? I've been here before talking to my good friend Neil Brennan. Mm. And in this very room, my little children were able to play while we had a conversation in the next room. So, WTF is what's up? Family friendly, awesome environment. What? So was someone watching your kids or no? Yeah. Okay. Like one of his producers was like, <laughs> I love that. How old are your kids? Um, big girl just turned nine and the little one's turning five at the end of the month. Oof. Yeah. Is, is that hard? Yeah. Kids are hard, but they're great. You know, yeah. they get easier kind of in that uh, in between pocket where they are now where they can like get themselves up and have breakfast kind of thing. Yeah. And then it gets hard again, I think, in the in the double-digit teenager kind of years and stuff. I but was going to say. I think it goes in waves. But right now we're in a in a pretty great wave. That's great. I was going to say, me in middle school slash high school, horrifying. It's a lot of pressure, especially on girls, I feel like. It is a lot of pressure. And I think you're just going through, like, all those changes of growing mm-hmm. up. And 
I just want to say I'm sorry, mom, because I was absolutely out of control. <laughs> but she did a good job. Are you guys cool now? Best friends. You see, it all comes back, come back to you. Yeah. So that's good. But I also don't have a dad. So I think like we had to be best friends. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he was there, I would hope that you would still be best friends with your mom. <laughs> if he was, if my dad was in the picture, yeah. we first, we would be homies. No exactly. doubt. Dad, do you hear that? And my voice, which Keenan and I were just discussing, it doesn't sound too bad today. My voice has not been normal and it's been hoarse for, why is it called hoarse? I really fucking hate that, but it's been hoarse for the past four months. It's probably because somebody was hoarse when they were trying to say coarse. <laughs> hoarse. They're like, oh, that's it, hoarse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> Made me laugh though. <laughs> that was really good. It's like you are on SNL or something. Something. One of the best comedians of our time. Me? Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah. Would you believe me if I said you are my favorite person on SNL and always have been? Would I believe you? I, I guess. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't. I never really know what to do with that when people say stuff like that. Yeah. You can say thank you if you want. I just say thank you. You know what I mean? And it, it's a it's a blessing and an honor and a privilege, but. More so, it's I'm in appreciation because my time spent, my work, my labor, my pains, my tears, you know, it's not going in vain. You know what I'm saying? So it's like surface level, base, bottom, start from there. Yeah. Everything is up from there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I'm your favorite, great. You know, if you just like the show, great. But I guess one thing that's unfair is like, you know, you're the only one that's good on that show. When I hear that, I'm like, come on, like, you're not really giving people a chance, you know what I'm saying? It sounds yeah. like the old man listening to young people's music, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> turn that shit down, basically. You know, mm-hmm. like you just don't understand the comedy tone of the time or something, or you gotta give them time to grow on you, you know what I mean? Like Totally, and totally. They're all just people at the same time, and people have feelings, <laughs> you know what I mean? So they'll say that shit with like two or three of them you know, in earshot, not really knowing that I'm around people that are on the show and like, you know, it's it's uncomfortable, so. Have you ever overheard someone saying, you're the only good person on the show, but you were not the person they were talking about? Yeah. And does it hurt your feelings? I guess it did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then I realized they don't really even probably know what I can do yet, you know what I mean? Because when I was hearing that kind of shit, you know, they were saying that to like the Amy Polars of the world and the Maya Rudolphs, and it was like my first couple of years, and I didn't really start doing really well on the show until my fifth-ish kind of year. Like I had some sketches or whatever, you know, that other people wrote, but I didn't feel personally successful there until like my fifth season. So like, I let that shit kind of roll over my back. But when you're in your first couple of seasons, plus I've been acting for a long time, when this is like your first big thing and you go to these functions and people say those things, you know, and I, that shit can cut kind of deep. Yeah, absolutely. Are you like big on social media? I'm, I look at Instagram, I, not really. Like, like you just do Instagram the Instagram is the only one, yeah. Like you're not posting, you know, 16 stories a day. Here's my avocado toast. No, and posting is, it's an uphill battle for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, I want to put shit up that people want to see but at the same time i don't need a third fifth job type shit yeah and i like sharing but i don't like sharing for approval's sake type shit and that's what a lot of that is because you know say what you will like i don't give a fuck if people don't like my video (laughs) you do you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. when you post some shit that gets thirty thousand likes or you post some shit that gets six you feel that you're like oh snap why why didn't people like the butterfly like i liked it or whatever the fuck you know what i'm saying right so it's just weird and new for me and i skipped probably all of that on purpose because like i didn't even have like myspace or nothing or facebook until like i started on instagram oh and then, like, shit retro twitter and facebook and shit like that and now tiktok that somebody else runs or whatever but, like <laughs> yeah it's, it's not really my super duper thing it's actually not mine either and it should be, and I'm trying to get better at it. I just, I don't feel, just kidding, I love posting a food pic. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one thing, and that's probably shit that people don't really appreciate, but people that are really good and excel Mm -hmm. on social media platforms are posting 
constantly all the time. Yeah. So I just, I can't bring myself to be like, I am walking, you know, from a bodega home. I want to mm-hmm. post this. Yeah, it just, it's not as inspiring of a world. Like, it's a great connective tissue thing to like now you have a reach to all these people you might not have been able to and like twitter was incredible for that like motherfuckers would tweet at obama and he'd tweet right back and you know trump was the worst version of that i guess (laughs) but that was unprecedented you know what i mean you were never able to just hit the president and and have a response in the same day you know what i mean like never in the world and you know whether or not you can do anything with that response is just the fact that you got that person's attention and you know the world can see it basically like that's a powerful thing if you know how to use it i don't really know how to use that (laughs) and also like the posting a million times a day like makes it less special to me because if it's just a numbers game well then you know what is the point of even being creative you know what i'm saying you're just dumping out a bunch of outputs so like when Will Smith jumped in, the, jumped in the game in the beginning, you know, he was making all these dope-ass videos and shit. And now it's just a lot less of that because it's just about just put anything up. We don't yeah. have time to, like, edit a crazy version of you jumping through dimensions or whatever the fuck he was doing. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, but I do like Instagram because it's, you know, a bunch of pictures and videos and shit. And motherfuckers are funny on the internet. Like, memes are great, shit like that, so... It just feels like the cons are outweighing the pros slightly. Right. Depends on how you look at it, though, at the same time. Like, I might sound like the old man that doesn't like the new music. Yeah, maybe. Also, I mean, you were saying earlier, podcasting is not going to be here for much longer. So everything I just said about posting on social media, <laughs> I take back. I fucking love it. <laughs> I will brush my teeth and I, I will fucking post podcasting that. will be around. I just don't know how lucrative it will be just the straight up interview format style you know what i mean yeah it seems like people are pivoting into you know audio on the you know tv on the radio type shit like scripted content yeah yeah i think i would actually kill it scripted content you should start right now okay should we just should we come up with a fucking story and play it out i think so i i can't next to you you're just try it i'm not i'm not like a professional or nothing Okay, my number one dream in life is to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Not with this voice. This is not my voice. Where'd you grow up? <laughs> Salt Lake City, Utah. That, what, I'm That's sorry? That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate? I spent a summer in Salt Lake City, and it was like being in purgatory. It's fucking crazy, right? But there's, I guess, things to enjoy there. Like, there's, It's a lot of outdoorsy, but... Yeah, it's, it was pretty stale. Like, coming from Atlanta and L.A. and, like, New York, it's it's tough. They got a lot of rules that hold them back from just, like, being normal almost. You know what I'm saying? It seems like. So, yeah, a lot of state laws and just certain ways of going about shit that makes you be like, I don't even want to do this shit anymore. You know what I'm saying? If I got to sign up for a club to have a drink, I don't even want to drink anymore. <laughs> like, it's just too much. You know, I just want to go and, like, have a good time or whatever. You know, I didn't really know anybody there to, like, really, really show me, like, you know, the great part of Salt Lake is, like, <laughs> you can have your family around and you can barbecue every day. And, like, Park City was cool. If <laughs> you're into that sort of thing. It was the summertime. You know what I mean? So it wasn't Sundance. It wasn't, like, yeah, nothing. Like, there was no skiing. <laughs> like, <the> motherfuckers <laughs> was just up there. So I was like, all right, cool. And, yeah, it was. But. The good part about that experience is that I became close with my castmates, Zach mm-hmm. Levi and Fran Kranz. Shout y'all out. Those are my brothers. Because, like, we were just trying to entertain each other, bored to death in Salt Lake. Tra- drama bonding. Sorry, I'm not trying to shit on it, but that shit was mad boring, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why do you think I got arrested three times? Doing? Underage drinking. Mm-hmm. I got arrested for forgery forgery which was on the cover of a magazine okay there used to be this thing called busted magazine do you remember that no it was like a newspaper mm-hmm. that they would put out every week and it would have all the inmates from that week just their mugshots. they had like the newspaper version of that in florida yeah yeah it was like a newspaper like yeah, two yeah. three sheets it was 99 cents and they put me on the cover <laughs> what did you not forge? to brag they wrote forgery. It was for 
using a fake ID. I is mean, that, is, see we, what I'm saying? Like, that's made Utah. The for using a fake ID. Right. Yeah, that is stale. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Drop. The rules and everything, it makes you want to get fucking arrested. And also the Great Salt Lake. What is that? It's, it's just it's like the desert. No. Is it sand or is it water? No, it's an actual lake and it smells. It's so salty and it smells like shit. So and that's you can't cool. go in it. And you can't go in there. So <laughs> name the whole city after that. Why don't we? Yeah. <laughs> where no one should ever fucking go. It looks like a because swamp. Because it's the one thing on your mind when you get there. So like, where is the Salt Lake? I have no idea. And I've only been there one time and I don't remember why I was um, there. But yeah. You know what? Utah fucked me up, but it gave me character. Are you Mormon? So my grandma, my grandpa are. So my so mom was not? raised. No. You got to choose? Yeah. Yeah. I think they would absolutely love it if I was. And every time I go home, my grandpa's like, I'm going to pull out the Bible and let me just show you this passage. But are you religious at all? Like spiritual or whatever? No. I'm not, are you? More spiritual. Like, I grew up, like, Baptist in a non-denominational church, but, like, the lady that founded the church, was she was Baptist. You know what I'm saying? So, like, most Southern black people are Baptist. Like, that's a thing. Or Methodist or whatever, but it, the first one was Baptist, basically, so it's all derivative of that. So, like, yeah, that's how we kind of grew up. And I hold on to a lot of those teachings and you know, stories and lessons and shit like that, but more yeah. so spiritual now because I'm just aware of the world, you know what I mean? And aware of, there's a lot of people out there that believe in a lot of different things. So who am I to tell them They're what wrong. to believe in? Yeah, right. I mean, they are wrong. They were thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> she said it, don't zoom in on me. Are you gonna raise your kids to be religious? Like, take, um, do you take them to church? Yeah, they go to church a lot with the grandma for sure. And I like that. You know, not you know, church does give structure and discipline to kids and stuff like that. I don't want them, you know, growing up thinking that their way is the only way and everybody doing the other thing is, you know, they're doomed to go to hell or anything like that. Yeah. But it does bring a lot of like positive intention to your daily pursuits, I think, when you have religion on the mind. I you know what, I agree with that actually. I went to private catholic school which there's a total of two of those in utah mm -hmm. and i think it, it did teach me a lot of of great things you know yeah i mean it's all metaphoric pretty much yeah but, religion yeah. i mean a lot of those like jonah and the whale or you know what i mean david and goliath or this that and the other like a lot of those are metaphors more so than like this is history and like you have to recreate <laughs> history if you want to be a good person like that's not necessarily the case no in my interpretation of it M my interpretation as well because what what was the jonah and the whale story even he got swallowed for some days and then like believed enough and got spat back out i don't know some <laughs> shit like that yeah. i you know what i'm gonna call metaphor on that one yeah yeah i'm calling metaphor because <laughs> like the enzymes didn't get him the enzymes couldn't get them. Oh, shit. All the Bible thumpers, super religious people are like, what the fuck? I interpret it as a metaphor. <laughs> Scientifically. Like These are the stories. I remember like the cartoons of it. He gets swallowed by the whale. And uh -huh. he's in there and he's praying. And then he's out. I mean, scientifically, was he swallowed by the whale? Or was he just hanging out in the whale's mouth? You know, like Finding Nemo and Shark Tale, they just hang out in the mouth. Yes. I don't think it was as specific as that. Okay. All I remember, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. So, mm. yeah. He was inside the whale, but he was safe enough right. to contemplate right. and have his faith tested. So, okay, are you scared of large bodies of water? Scared of them? <laughs> I guess, yes. I have a foot thing, so I don't like weird shit on my feet. So oh. if I have my swim shoes on, I'm straight. But if I don't then I'm like not enjoying myself because I'll just be thinking about what my feet are touching. You know what I'm saying? So you're a water shoe guy. Okay. Straight up. I'm going to let that one slide. I have listed that as one of my icks it's when fine. it comes to people. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay to be judged by it because I get it. 
But at the same time, yeah, I can't I can't do it because to me it's like why am I torturing my experience when I can have a better time if I'm not thinking about that type shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I just be down for whatever. Yeah. And do you wear water shoes? Or do you just wear like whatever shoe? <laughs> I wore the water shoe the first time. <laughs> Because I was told, like, yeah, I don't want to ruin, like, tennis shoes, I guess. So you've never done it Would it, it be cooler if I just wore tennis shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to meet in the middle somehow. I feel you like know, if it was just, like, a pair of tennis shoes, like Nikes or something, like, maybe I could, They're like, not flattering. They're always, like, teal. Yeah. Some of them are, like, shaped like feet. I'm like, I don't <laughs> need that one. Those are crazy. They're just, like, I don't need that. I don't need, like, a black rubber foot. I just want, <laughs> like, a shoe. Some sort of, I don't know. Shoe it's I like can a get shoe wet. sock. Yeah, that'd be fine. Anything except for like my skin on weird shit. Yeah, I would. I would feel. I do feel a level of safety when I've gone snorkeling and I have flippers on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is kind of if you think about it, it's an irrational fear. Well, you just feel faster. Like I have a, <laughs> I have more of a chance to get away. Yeah, but snorkeling is intense too, man. Like. I don't know, it just feels intense because you're so outnumbered, like the amount of gallons or fish or whatever. And then when you can really see clearly for the first time, it's like, shit, there's a lot going on around you you don't, you're not even really aware of. So it can be scary. But the more you do it, I'm sure you can let that go. And then swim in big bodies of water where you can be in like one of those amazing pictures with a fucking <laughs> tiger shark or whatever, like the biggest fucking whale sharks or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of shit yeah but yeah it's gonna take me a while before before you're doing that i think so without freaking out internally yeah and like big bodies of water i'm fine because i can swim you know what i'm saying it's just like lakes and like murky ass like ocean water where you're like up to your waist you know what i'm saying but you're still standing like on sand or algae or yeah like seaweed or whatever that's a really good point. If I can see, this is probably the most obnoxious, rich, fucking entitled thing to say. To say, <laughs> I want to see the bottom going, of the ocean. <laughs> don't invite Keaton or I to go fucking anywhere unless that water is crystal clear, okay? I need to see it. Like, I want to be up to my shoulders and still see my feet. Yeah, I and feel that. Only Turks and Caicos. <laughs> like, only. I have never been, Me and either. I know Drake is building a house there. Of and course he is. I did DM him, asking him about it. He has not gone back to me, but I will keep everyone in the loop. What's up with that? <laughs> he doesn't hit everybody's DMs back? No, that, and that's why it was more offensive, because I've heard that he will respond to women's DMs. So maybe I got to hit him with like, like a famously. different. He famously responds to DMs. Okay, we don't right? need to rub it in. Holy shit. So, so him not responding to yours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe, maybe it's what I hit him with. I need to hit him with like a different one-liner. It's probably hard to get Drake's attention. Yeah. Yeah. In like a jarring way for him to respond. Mm-hmm. Without showing a lot or something. Exactly. I was going to say, I think I need to hit him with a sexy picture a nude or just like a very explicit one-liner instead of hey drake i heard you're building a house in turks and caicos i'm gonna be going there soon we'd love to hear comment about your experience so far hit back at hilarious. do you have any recommendations imagine if i said that it wasn't that bad This has been an incredible conversation thus far. We, we've gone deep. Yes, yeah, life is no deep, No pun intended. People. There's no fucking time to be playing games. Like, <laughs> life is deep. It is, which is why I want to talk to you about SNL. Mm -hmm. Well, first, I want to ask you about Good Burger, because you're filming Good Burger 2, or are you wrapped up? We finished, yeah. How was that? Ooh, ooh, it was awesome. Shout out to Rhode Island. We had a great time shooting up there, and yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, people that had to come together to get that shit done. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was the universe's, you know, the universe's timing. Yes. And, like, it's it's nice where you can, like, connect people or whatever, but also, like, 
relinquish the kind of feeling of like, well, if everything doesn't go according to plan, then nothing's going to work kind of thing. Yes. And you just let things, you know, shape out the way they shake out. But I took all the little green lights as they came, you know what I'm saying? Like the approval of the script, the buzz from when Kel post first posted the, you know, like we just read the new script kind of thing. And everybody was like, oh, shit, it's coming. Like that's another thing to remind them that they should make this movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, putting the whole thing together, like green light wise for the company itself to green light it and then getting it to a place to shoot it that was convenient for me because like my kids were still in school and it's closer to New York or whatever mm. and stuff like that, you know, like little like W's along the way basically, like made it a wonderful, wonderful experience. And then when we got there, I knew it was gonna be like fun, you know what I mean, working with my brother and like a million laughs, you know what I'm saying, all day, every day. It was a grind, you know what I'm saying, it was like 12 hour days at least, Monday through Friday type shit. So yeah. give Kel his props when you see this movie because he worked really really hard on it and i'm a witness <laughs> i'm a witness yeah. do people ever call you kel and him keenan because that used to happen to me all the fucking time and it all the time off. all the time mm-hmm. and even when i correct people this one dude was the best like just like shouting out in the middle of the night like across an avenue like yo kel yo kel <laughs> it's just like three in the morning i see you son it's like i see you too bro but my name is keenan <laughs> Yo, I'm going to call you Kel. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah. I can't change people's minds just because of the legalities of what my name actually is. <laughs> and you didn't feel a need to, you know, really prove it to this guy that you were keen on. You weren't going to, like, go show him your ID. Yeah. When I was younger, I'd be like, yo, don't disrespect me like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My parents gave me that name. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I'm a man out here. Respect me. Respect mm-hmm. my space in this universe. All that shit. I was tired though. I wasn't gonna get into all of that. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to prove anything to anyone. You You're really don't. Off. And unfortunately, there's no book that teaches you that. You just gotta come to that enlightenment on your own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think <laughs> it has a lot to do with age. The older I get, like the less I give a flying. Yeah, duck. you're so confrontational when you're young. I think we waste a lot of energy correcting people when it's like they either gonna get the message or not. But the amount of energy you just wasted trying to send <laughs> that message to them, you'll never get that back. Yeah, that's I know. Why are we so reactive when we're younger? Because we can't just, just we can't see all the big energy picture. in the world. You're also being exposed to a lot of like, wait, what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, hold up. Like when you're older, it's like, yeah, I know that already. You know true, like, true. Um, there's only this and this and this you can do about it. Or yeah, whatever. this ain't my first rodeo. Shit. Yep. So you don't get pissed when people call you Cal. So no, you have just been on so many iconic shows all that keenan and kel snl you've been doing that for how many years 20 but my 20th got cut short by three episodes okay do you want to tell why or it doesn't matter because well, the writer strike happened see i am you know what well informed enough to know that so i totally understand well you didn't know that that was that specific timing True. but that Thank was you. that specific timing got it we went on hiatus for two weeks and then we were supposed to come back for three and then that tuesday if they would have done it midnight of that tuesday we would have been able to maybe squeeze the week out because that's our writing night but they the deadline was monday so we had a meeting with pete it was pete's week to host so he'll get that back or have to make that up if he wants i'm sure he wants to yeah um but yeah, we had a meeting, like our Monday meeting with the host and shit like that. And we were like, hey, if they don't do it, you know, tonight and they give us one more day, then we might be able to squeeze the show out. But they stuck to that deadline and then that, that killed our season. Yeah. Will you be back next season? Yeah. You will. So I am read that you are the longest running cast member on SNL. Mm-hmm. I am so interested in that whole process. It's a good one. I mean, it's it a real it's a real machine. I've heard it's really fucking hard, and the hours are really crazy, and it's a little bit wild. It's all of the above, but for everybody. It's not just, like, all on the writers or all on the producers or all on the cast. It's on everybody at any given point of the week. So it's heavy on the writers a lot of the week. 
I think, but then I think there's moments where they can relax when other people have to like start doing the around the clock type shit or whatever. Like mm-hmm. painters, you know, the set people, they all come in kind of last minute and have to like do overnight shit to have shit ready. Editors, you know what I'm saying? When we shoot shit late on a Friday night, like they have to edit a Star Wars thing or fucking the Mario Brothers, whatever type shit, you know, within 12 hours of showtime or 12 hours of even dress rehearsal to have it ready for dress rehearsal. Yeah. Sometimes they make it like once they didn't, they didn't have like all the background sets. It was like a green screen (laughs) in the window kind of shit for dress rehearsal. But then by the live show, they had it done. But yeah, it's a lot of like a lot of work for everybody. Yeah. Have you ever had to like spend the night there? Yeah, <laughs> but like, that was the in, the, in the younger that? days. I mean, a lot of people do that on writing night anyway. They'll stay till 5, 6, 7 in the morning because mm-hmm. shit gets crazy at 3 a.m. and you might get inspired or you might get like crazy minded at 6 a.m. just because you're like overly exhausted and super funny shit will start pouring out. It all varies. Like once I was like, you know, married and having kids, you know, I was trying to get out of there like midnight-ish just so I wasn't just always at work because when we have a show, it's a six-day week, you know what I mean? So I'm just like gone all the time. Damn, a six-day week? Mm-hmm. And how many hours a day? It varies. Like Monday's not so much. We go in like at like four in the afternoon and we're out by like six or seven or eight. But you can also start writing on Monday if you want to get ahead of shit. So it kind of just depends on you. But Tuesday's a long day because it's the writing night and the deadline is Wednesday morning. That's why some people just spend all night in the office just fucking around or whatever. Yeah. Is there a lot of fucking around that goes on? Yeah, I would say... Horsing around? There used to be a lot more probably. Like, now it's very, like, corporate and we have a lot of HR meetings every year. And, like, you can do this and do that. So, like, I'm sure it's much tamer than, <laughs> you know, it's notoriety. But, yeah, I mean, that's... I think the clicks that are like around there late at night or whatever i'm sure they're having a good time yeah you know, just running around and like you got the whole new york it's your oyster you know what i'm saying in the middle of the night midtown you know what i'm saying coming in out of the building like you don't have to just sit up in the office you can go running up to fucking Times square or you can go to central park or whatever you want to do right it's just the deadline is wednesday morning like 10 or 12 or some shit and then the table read is at three or four you know yeah I mean? so like tuesday and wednesday are longer days and then eight or nine kind of done on Wednesday. And then Thursday is a little easier because it takes time for like real sets to show up. So they don't show up to like Friday. So Thursday sketches will be like, you know, any kind of chair situation, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like a news desk or something that's like very minimal. But lately, like with these like pre tape things, you know, they've been like putting a lot of them like at least three into the show each week and it's hard to do three different pre-tapes with the cast and rehearsal going back and forth in different places in new york like we used to shoot all over the city now it's like contained to like one studio but even going back and forth juggling like 20 18 19 cast members on a friday it's it's a lot so sometimes (laughs) they'll shoot on thursday so that might stretch your thursday out so like as you can see like it varies but all the days are like at least six to eight hours minimal you know what i mean so it's like a real commitment it's like a real job yeah (laughs) and you were saying earlier that there were writers like your first few years at snl there were writers so you weren't pitching any sketches at that point no i was i just wasn't successful at it you know because i I didn't grow up as a writer i grew up just as a performer basically Mm -hmm. so i didn't have a writing burden at all so like i had my sense of humor but i didn't know how to like translate that into something that was like worthy of being on SNL in my mind especially like I was right because I would pitch some shit and it wouldn't make sense so I'm like god damn that shit made me laugh earlier like what the <laughs> fuck did I say wrong or like I didn't know how to like set up my whole thought pattern to what made that funny kind of shit to totally yeah. being able to take something in your mind that's funny mm-hmm. and putting it on paper so that it makes sense for everybody but you're still you know, you still have the integrity. It's the, the worst. Piece. Like, how many times have you, like, recreated or tried to, like, retell something that was funny to you? Like, oh, my God, I saw this <laughs> thing or whatever. And then, like, halfway through, you're like, oh, you, you had to be there or whatever because you realize 
they're not enjoying it the All way the you time. did. And it's like, I'm not telling this right or whatever. Yeah. It's the worst. That's why I never start anything with, no, 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 you have to hear this. You're going to die. <laughs> no, this is your action. This is me oh so my God, you're going to love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, I can't, like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's really crazy. I feel like, oof, I don't know if I could take it. Like, how many skits do you think you've had turned down? I have no idea. Like hundreds. You've been doing Probably. it for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, you've had a lot that have obviously been chosen. And, and we're up. supposedly like responsible for like two a week. Like you're supposed to have your name on at least two a week or some shit like that. So Oof. 20 episodes a week, uh, you know, do the math. Like it's probably been hundreds for sure. Damn. And when you were first starting out, how were you able to, like, would it fuck with your mental? Yeah. Very much so, you know, because even if you read the book, like I didn't read the book that supposedly tells you like all the ins and outs of what's happened up to that point or whatever, like all the crazy behind the scenes stories or how much of a pressure cooker it is or mm -hmm. who did, you know, well with what. I just wanted to have, you know, my own experience or whatever. So I didn't read the book. So I was lost <laughs> for a long time. I didn't know what the fuck was that. I knew how to perform when they gave me something to do. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I would kill that because that's what I do. But the rest of that, like creating, it, it took me a while. Yeah. Yeah, it, it took me a while. Did you ever think of hiring a ghostwriter? No, because they had writers, you know what I'm saying? So like, I was <laughs> okay. trying to like impress the writers or, or find somebody that I could work with. Luckily, like, you know, Brian Tucker showed up, you know, early and long in the process and we would write together because he has a similar sense of humor. But I also shared an office with Colin for years and years and that taught me a lot too. And it just taught me that they just have an, a knowledge that I wasn't aware of. Not that I couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I didn't go to creative writing classes or I didn't write for the Lampoon or whatever the fuck. They you know all fucking used to write for the Lampoon. Yeah, all those Harvard guys. Because that's, you know, the Harvard paper or whatever. But if yep. you went to Yale, you probably wrote for whatever. The Onion, I don't know how I got it. <laughs> you know? yeah. For the Lampoon, I dated a guy that went to Harvard. Mm -hmm. That was a brag, everyone, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> And he took me back to the, his school to see it, to check it out. Yeah. And we went to, I don't know what the fuck you call it, the Lampoon headquarters. Yeah, the little castle. Oh, yeah, the little castle. Yeah. And I went in there and I was snapping pictures left and right. Oh, you're not supposed to do that? I mean, I wasn't going to, like, leak it. Right. Like, you know, I just was like, oh, my God, this is his, this is, like, his history. This is cool. Mm -hmm. I got in a lot of fucking trouble. For taking pictures. Like, hand the phone over. We're going through and deleting it. Trouble. Hilarious. Hilarious. That shit is not a fucking joke. It's not a joke, but it is a joke. But because <laughs> they don't want the pictures to leak that it ain't that impressive. It's just <laughs> fucking, it looks like a small medieval times in there. Like, and all right, it's cool, so man. messy. Yeah, it's just like, like. It's so fucking messy, but. What is this, Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit bizarre. Yeah, I feel like the lampoon is just like the breeding ground for comedy and comedy writers. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the creative writing tools you need to do well in a sketch writing environment or a comedy writing environment. Like, I don't front on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't front on the organization at all or the skills because they're they're highly skilled and like. Colin came in killing, you know what I mean? And most of the presidents of the Lampoon hit the ground running. Like, I remember when Zach and, you know, Tim actually connected on the show. Tim Robinson, who's got a show on Netflix or whatever. But Tim was one of the greatest, you know, comedic minds we've had in a long time. And then Zach was like the president of the Lampoon after Colin. And he came into the show and then they connected because Zach was such a strong writer. And Tim was such a strong performer and idea man. And they kind of like blended perfectly and they're still like you know vibing to this day like they work together on i believe detroiters and his other show you know on netflix um i think you should leave now you know what i mean they're just a team and it was cool to like watch a team form that is like at such a high level now you know it's like watching yeah. your kids grow up totally Have you ever partnered with a writer 
and you guys would do a lot of content together and then they would get annoyed that you got all the clout i don't know about the annoyed side of it i would have to assume that <laughs> there has to be some sort of being irked by if anybody's overlooking and trying to give me the praise for something that wasn't my idea you know what i mean like, yeah. i never want to do that like i take my credits you know what i mean because like i'm proud of them but i also i'm like i only collaborate with writers you know what i'm saying like i'll have an idea but it won't be shit without the writer like spelling it out for you like you know my first one was scared straight and that's a prime example because you know i took it to colin because we were sharing an office and like he was right behind me so i was like one of those conversations like what are you working on this week kind of thing it was like i had this idea like have you ever seen scared straight before and he had never seen it and i was like really like the, the 70s joints like where they were really like cursing at these little kids he's like I never saw <laughs> so i showed it to him and it's just like enlightening the mind of a child you know like watching his eyes just light up like that shit was hilarious i can't believe this it has happened this was on tv you know what i mean they allowed these things to happen blah 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 so i was like i, I have i want to do this where i'm like yelling at a bunch of kids and he was like he brought forward the me teaching kids through like 80s plot movies or whatever 80s movies plots got it <laughs> and that's what made that shit special or whatever so like my loud high performance or whatever but there's genius underneath in the dialogue you know what i'm saying and the fact that we're using plot lines from 80s movies like that shit was like perfect yeah and it takes a writer to do that or someone with you know a writing history basically to know that shit needs layers basically yeah it, when you refer to colin are you talking about colin Firth? is that his last name colin firth colin <laughs> firth was never a writer on okay SNL. i was like wait i'm pretty actor. sure that this would have been no i'm talking about colin jost to clarify colin jost mm -hmm. okay and do you guys still work on things together yeah i mean but he'll he'll just write it and be like i wrote this thing or whatever and you're mm. doing this and that and the other blah 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 because we so, haven't shared an office in a long time. But we shared an office for like eight years. So between like Colin, Tucker, Brian Tucker, Che, and like I want to say Seth Myers, you know, those are like the super duper like big brains that like gifted me a lot of sketches. And then, you know, James Anderson was like, I'm just shouting out, you know, names that I guess the audience will know <laughs> or pass along. But James was like the first one that I was really like, you know getting sketches on with basically because we just would have a good time and i would make him laugh and he would want to write for me yeah i for some reason always thought it was you write your own sketch if you have that skill yeah i mean a lot of people like mikey day you know is a strong writer so he you know writes for himself he writes for other people he came in as a writer kind of thing you know sudeikis came in as a writer so when he was like a cast member he wrote for himself like it was nothing, you know what I'm saying? He worked with others, but he could depend on himself to, to write for himself, you know what I'm saying? Like me, my ideas kind of go left and right and make no sense, <laughs> you know what I mean, by the time page 10 is happening, so. Yeah. yeah. Do people try to like snuggle up or butter up the really good writers? I'm sure, they're smart, you know what I mean? You want right. to impress the people that can help you get to the next level, right? Yeah. Like hopefully not in a, disingenuine fashion you know what i mean but like people do start clicking up and then you you know if you're going to be in the click you gotta like abide by the click so if the click is having brunch you don't want to miss the brunch because then they're like where are you at you ain't really down with the click a hundred percent it's like that's how clicks work yep that's how life works what's your most favorite sketch that you've done i mean i guess what's up with that usually but that's my favorite concept wise mm -hmm. like my ultimate sketch that i was ever a part of had to be fucking black jeopardy with chadwick like that was the <laughs> the biggest moment and the most iconic i think you know ever like and tom hanks was the week before kind of thing and that was huge or anytime dave Chappelle comes through you know that was huge eddie murphy hosted you know what i mean but that I was personally a part of, like directly, yeah, you know that that Black Jeopardy with Chadwick was was epic. Yeah, we were supposed to record last week, and 
I ended up sitting there watching Amir actually was showing me the Black Jeopardy sketches. Yeah. And I was dying. Good. That shit is so fucking funny. But what's up with that has always been my favorite one. That's the one that shook the world up. You know what I mean? It did? Yeah, I think so. That was the one that like solidified me as like a real voice in the chapters of SNL as opposed to like, you know, one of the actress that's come through there and had like one or two things kind of go well like what's up with that like permeated the world you know what i mean people when i when i heard people saying that they were like singing it while they were like decorating the christmas trees with their family that's when i knew it was like all oh, that shit's it's out there like all the way out there and accepted by pretty much everybody do you get annoyed when people i actually wanted to start the show like this and then i was like i'm not gonna do that do you ever get annoyed when people walk up to you and just scream one of the catchphrases yeah only because (laughs) it slightly dehumanizes me you know what i mean like i'm a human outside of my work so like when you're treating me like i'm a television persona or whatever you're kind of canceling out my real existence you know what i mean and like but people ain't thinking that when they do that you know what i mean so i had to let that go just in my own understanding of what people do to people when they see them. And, then, you know, like, I do the same thing. Like, I saw Esai Morales, you know what I'm saying? And if you know who he is, then you know that, like, that's a that's a deep cut in, like, a love for actors, basically. Like, he's an actor's actor. Goes all the way back to, like, La Bamba days and before kind of shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, like, I hit him with some <laughs> shit, you know what I mean? Like, from, like, Ozarks or something. And you know they're always just like yo, yeah, yeah, thank you, because like I'm sure they hear it a million times, but you just can't help yourself. So when people do it to me, I try to think about that as opposed to like I'm a human being and you're not treating me like such. You know what I'm saying? Because this is real life. This isn't television <laughs> type shit. Like nobody wants to hear that shit. No. Well, and also I'm sure you feel this way. Maybe you can let me know. Then you feel like you have to play that character. It, like kind of makes for an awkward thing yeah i don't do the like song and dance as far as like this is going to be awkward if i don't do this whole thing that they're expecting mm-hmm. i just let shit just be real and yeah. people are, you know appreciate that just as much so i'm like yeah let's just keep it real i'm not gonna be just tap dancing for you know any person that happens to maybe recognize me if i want to take a walk you know what i'm saying like if i want to take a walk i don't want to have to just perform for the people just because you know what i'm saying i would much rather like give you dap high five treat you like a person you know what i'm saying whatever toast any of that kind of good shit but like you know all that performing just for the sake of you'll never see me again and that was your favorite thing is highly unfair you know what i mean yeah nobody wants to live their life like that it's like asking lady gaga to to sing for you every (laughs) every time you see her or something like if people did that to her she would never be able to go nowhere yeah i remember one time i was at a tanning salon and these people listened to the show and they asked me to say the intro in the same voice that I do it in Mm -hmm. so that they could record it. Mm -hmm. And I did it because that's just the type of person I am. I'm like, whatever you need, come home with me, have a sleepover, like Mm -hmm. that's just (laughs) what I do. But that, I didn't love that. Yeah, you don't love it. Because you also don't want to be like, no you don't want to say no you don't want to say no (laughs) and you're not a puppet but at the same time i remember a really like super awkward interaction with somebody because i I was on that page of like no i'm a human like i'm not a fucking jukebox you know they they were like tell me a joke type shit and like that's one of my biggest pet peeves because i'm an actor you know what i'm saying i'm not a stand-up comedian like i do a lot of comedy and shit but like I'm an actor. I grew up being an actor type shit. So I don't have jokes on deck. So it's <laughs> it makes me feel bad because I don't have a joke on deck. And then they're just shitting on me because I don't have a joke on deck because I'm not a fucking joke teller. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, that's just not fair. <laughs> so like I had to get into the, like, the mindset of like, have one joke ready then. You know what I'm saying? If you know people are going to be <laughs> asking you that shit, you like either be like, nah, I'm cool or have a joke ready. But I was young. So this dude was like doing that to me. He was like, yo, tell me a joke. You know what I'm saying? Tell me something funny right now, funny man. And he was showing me love. You know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, I love you. He's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
like, tell me a joke. And that's when it got awkward, because I was like, I ain't got no jokes, you know what I'm saying? He's like, you ain't got no jokes? I'm like, what the fuck, I look like a jukebox? And that motherfucker face went from this is kind of fun to like mad serious in a half a second. And it just got super awkward and it didn't need to be that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. There's no book for that. Yeah. I was just being like, I'm a person. <laughs> I'm an actor. Like, I but ain't nobody trying to hear all that explanation type shit. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's hard enough on people to just get a job, number one, let alone you explaining why you don't want to do the thing that they know you for doing type shit. It's just too much for people to process. Yeah. I mean, if you start over explaining, I mean, it's not an over explanation, but when you start getting into those waters, it's like it's unfun. <laughs> like now, this <laughs> what is the unfun. Fuck are you talking about? Right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I had to learn that. You're like the thing is. It's like <laughs> here's the thing. Like the way my my accounts is set up, is that I got to yeah. transfer from my checkings and my savings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what um what stand up was that from? Was it Kevin Hart? Hart, yeah. That shit was so funny. Brilliant. Who's been like your favorite host or your least favorite? But I'm not going to make you say that. Favorites are tough because there's been so many and so many excellent ones but like those people i just named are the ones that come to mind like forget about any snl cast alumni they're always gems and like that's a cakewalk of a week because you know they know how to do the show and 99.9 percent .9 of them are great people you know mm -hmm. what I mean? and i've grown close to anybody that i've worked with from day one so like all my sisters in comedy you know what i mean that are usually the ones that end up hosting you know, I love them all and they're all great. But the ones that were like dynamic for me personally, like, yeah, when Eddie Murphy hosted, that was crazy. Sandler was crazy. Dave, Tom Hanks, Chadwick, yeah. I mean, Lizzo killed it, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a lot. Yeah. So it's hard to pick a favorite. Those those are, and you've been doing it for 20 years. You're like, bitch, how am I supposed to pick a favorite person? I mean, Jack Black was my first show and he's one of my favorite people in the world. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Were you shitting your pants? Your first one? Ish. I was still very like confused so, and I wasn't really taking it <laughs> that seriously, but I was very nervous because I only had like two things to do. Like something in the monologue with Jack where it was just like a hallway thing. It's like, these are new guys. I don't care. You know what I mean? So that was nothing. But I had this like Bill Cosby like update piece that I wanted to go well because it was like my first moment on the show kind of like real moment mm -hmm. so that was stressful did you kill it i killed it oh yeah. hell yeah yeah and also you're doing it in front of a live audience live audience twice and you know the, the entire crew that's been there for years and they've seen you know this person and that person come through there and destroy it mm -hmm. and then everybody else that's going to be watching it too so yeah, you try to put all that shit aside and just focus on your your scene partner or your your job at hand, basically. And luckily, those those faces just turn into shapes, and you don't really see the specifics of the actual eyeballs. Because once you start focusing on that, that's an easy distraction, and then you'll fuck it up. So, what do you do if you fuck up? You remember Ashley Simpson when? <laughs> when she was I did performing. the same kind of thing like <laughs> okay, I was gonna I, ask you I didn't dance off camera but I remember like one of my first like friends that was a writer was this guy Tishon Shannon and he wrote a lot for Tracy and Tracy was like yo this is my dark horse you know what I'm saying you want to get some comedy that's gonna motherfucking like lift up some skirts Tishon that's my dark horse I mean, I'm saying that a lot <laughs> shout out to my brother Tracy um Tracy Morgan, that is. I feel like I have to be specific with you. The, uh, the fact that I said Colin Firth, the actor, not Colin Dr I like I, that I is really drive. hilarious. Colin, if you're President's speech is a good. It's a great movie. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I like literally didn't even know what I said until you were like, "Have you watched?" I was Colin like, "What are you Firth. talking about?" That shit was funny. Colin Firth would kill on SNL though. He did kill. He hosted. Oh, he's been yeah, okay. he was great. I haven't seen every episode ever made of SNL. It was a while ago. I think it was the King's Speech actually. Okay. When he hosted back then. Okay. So you so um, both of them, both yeah. Collins 
fans. Yeah, but T. Sean wrote me a sketch in my like first year where I was. It was called Randy the Bellhop, where I was like a bellhop <laughs> that was just fucking, you know, fucking up the like. Let me get you to your room, and then, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the thermostat is over here. I'm like, you want me to set it on 97? It's like, no, nobody wants 97 degrees. Like little shit like that. I'm like, can we get some ice? It's like, sure you can, and then just stand there. It's like, oh, you want me to get it? <laughs> But I d- had this line that I flubbed, you know what I mean? Like my tongue got tied or whatever. And then I didn't ad-lib out of it. Like I didn't react to it. I just like kind of let it sit there. Like I failed kind of thing. And it was quiet <laughs> in the studio. It was so quiet. And all I heard was this one lady go, all. Oh. Stop in the audience? In the audience. Oh. And it was like, yeah, because I just like fucked that up. It was like blah, blah, blah. And didn't like acknowledge that as a comedian and like, like oh wasn't that awkward and then like move on or something yeah but i didn't i was learning basically so i just was like shit i fucked up and froze and the sketch got cut and that was like the last time tishan wrote for me (laughs) but (laughs) we were still friends and we were still cool but no way if you fuck up like you know continue like don't you know be so out of it that you know you're not present for what just happened and that's what makes live television so special like the audience really appreciates that you know what i'm saying like you totally. acknowledge what just happened totally because i mean what there are no other alternatives the only alternative <laughs> is to sit there and look like a fucking idiot like i was like just shit in your pants basically or, or hope that one of the cast members will like keep talking or come in and say or, or shit. anybody you know what Anyone. i mean but like i think the sketch was so me heavy that nobody really cared <laughs> you know what i mean they were just like i don't know why i'm here and like i don't really have anything funny to do or say i'm kind of just supporting this new character venture yeah and yeah it was just like a it was a fuck up but it was a learning learning situation did you say after you fucked up were you like i fucked up and then you were silent or you just said it and then you were just silent i was i just flubbed it and was <laughs> silent like a little kid <laughs> I mean, shout out to the lady in the in the crowd. She probably got very sympathetic. Yeah. By the way, that was very sweet of her. And it probably got some laughs, right? Or were you just were you like, I'm gonna? At least you ever ran off. I didn't run off, but I definitely like bulldozed the rest of the dialogue. It's like, so here's your thing. (laughs) Turn on music, dance, kind of like y'all like that. All right, bye. Yeah. And then just ran backstage and was throwing shit. Probably just heated, knowing that it was gonna get cut. And I think it was early in the show, so I had to wait on the rest of the show. And then the meeting in between to find out if it was cut or not. I knew it was cut. And then, like, to see the board, you know, like, walk into Lauren's office and see that shit in the column where shit is cut. It's like, fuck, man. <laughs> and that shit is never a pleasant experience. Like, no. When your sketch is in that column where it's cut, it's it's a rough emotional thing. You know what I mean? And it's it's hard to come back with a positive attitude and do the show. Like, you still have a show to do after you're taking on all that kind of, like, you know, judgment, if you will. Yeah. Self-loathing, like, I am not meant to be here, shit. Yeah, it's it's tough not to spiral into that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is harder? And answer correctly, please. <laughs> Podcasting or SNL doing a live sketch? The fact that you're even thinking about it, I feel so much better about my life. Yeah. Or are you thinking about it? I'm trying to think about how to be nice. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing like live television. Mm -hmm. You know, the same way there's nothing like a big giant movie. They're all very different. Or doing stand up for the first time or doing a stand up special. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of pressure moments. I would say they're all kind of similar. Like if talking to people makes you uncomfortable, and you have to do it in this forum, you know, it's probably, you know, just as nerve wracking as anything else. It's hard to put, you know, what bothers people in different brackets because you're kind of, yeah, everything's valid. You know what I mean? Like how you feel about things is, is valid. Those are your fears. Like I have a fear of bees. You may call it irrational, but it's my fear. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And like if a bee came in here right now, it'd be a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I- <laughs> so, SNL to me is much easier, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, if podcasting makes you nervous or, like, having a bunch of cameras and shit makes you nervous, then that's something to overcome. So, you know, it's it's all kind of relevant. 
That's interesting to me. So you think it's something to overcome because, you know, a lot of people would say, if it doesn't come natural to you, naturally to mm -hmm. you, then it's not for you. I mean, I don't know about that necessarily, but anything that's makes you uncomfortable that you still have to do, it's a feat when it's done at the end of the day. And that's all SNL is. That's all, you know, fucking a baseball game is or a basketball. You know what I mean? It's totally something that you build your nerves up for and you overcome it. Yeah. Basically. Like yeah. There's different levels of it, I guess. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard to compare the two because SNL seemingly is so much harder than just sitting on a couch and, and discussing. But I don't really know you know where your mentals are as far as like how you experience this like if it could terrify you, you i'm having an internal here. panic attack right like, and <laughs> that's that's your journey no but i yeah. i totally get that <laughs> um i was gonna ask you if you could put in the word for me to go on snl you want to be on broadway yo that's where you need to be <laughs> bitch absolutely not okay keenan i'm gonna ask you some rapid fire questions okay the first one Elon Musk, what did he smell like? I want to remember sweaty. I remember like he was always like huffing and puffing ish. So like outside kind of like mm -hmm. soiledness. <laughs> what an excellent fucking answer. Have you seen Pete Davidson's penis and or do people ask you that question all the time? Neither. They don't ask me the question because, like, they know the answer, supposedly, cause from the rumors or whatever, and no, I haven't seen it. Okay. Were you ever starstruck during your time on SNL? Yeah, all the time. Constantly. Right. You've had the biggest people, like Colin Firth. But, like, Colin Firth, when Colin Firth walks through the door, it is like, <laughs> motherfuckers get out of the way. Like, fucking Moses just came up in here. Uh-huh. Um, but SNL is a special place because there will be special people that aren't just in front of the camera. Like, such and such will have, like, maybe a wardrobe person that or a stylist that's like, oh, shit, like, you're working with this person, you know what I'm saying? And now you have, like, a chance to be around whoever, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Virgil might have been around when Kanye was around type thing, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if you're aware of that, you would you would have had a moment with Virgil, you know what I'm saying, in his yeah. time type shit. So, like, that's why that place is special because it's a lot of different well, it's, it's every aspect of the community to build towards the greatest outcome for that one specific individual's week, basically. So whoever they know, whoever they've reached out to to help them, it could be anybody, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. SNL will do sketches based on things that are happening culturally, politically. And are you the person that people run to if they want to do a sketch on anything that's to do with racial pretenses like are they like oh. as a performer like i'm more so likely gonna be in any sketch that has anything to do with the black zeitgeist for sure because i'm i think i've just i'm a reliable you know source for laughs you know and it's on the writers to provide me with those tools to get those laughs i guess you know what i'm saying but a lot of the time I get laughs just, you know, saying shit in general, you know what I mean? So like Yeah. It's advantageous I think for to for writers to utilize me. Mhm. Mm as far as my opinions and shit on things, like it don't really be a whole lot of funny with my opinion on like racial issues because a lot of them are very dire and serious, you know what I'm saying? So of course. I'm not the person to harvest humor out of those things necessarily. Mhm. Mm but if they have figured it out like Michael Che is brilliant at that, you know what I mean? Yeah then, you know, he gives me the dialogue and I, I, I take and do what I do with it. You know what I mean? It's like, he has a brilliant way of humorizing, you know, very serious kind of, you know, underlying issues. Right, totally. Okay, I have 700 million other things I wanna ask you, but I can't keep you here forever. Keenan, this was absolutely amazing. It Thank was you. very amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening to my long-winded answers. I have a tendency <laughs> to ramble, so. Honestly, every single response was, you're extremely deep. Yeah, I've lived a life. Yeah, absolutely. I've lived a life. Besides Good Burger 2, mm -hmm. where, and Instagram, he won't be posting a shit ton of stories, but he'll be on there <laughs> looking. From time to time, and it's all promo content, your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, in our podcast, you already know. You know what I'm saying? Our production company, AFA, Artists for Artists. Like We're all about you know, supporting the artist community, bringing everybody together. That was the one thing I kind of enjoyed about the Academy Awards this year. It was a real solid reflection on the appreciation of every aspect in the industry. Like, even down to the commercials were about, like, a seamstress, you know what I'm saying, or something mm. like that. So, like, that last one was, was solid. And, you know, that's what I like to celebrate because it, it, it does take a lot of people to put out this content. You know what I mean? Like, even right now, it's not just us, you know, sitting here or whatever. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was literally thinking to myself, how often do I give my team credit and shout them out? So I'm gonna do right now. Maddie, Kiana, Delaney, Alec. Now I'm gonna miss someone and now yeah. it's just gonna it's hit okay. the fan. It's all right. You the guys next are episode, amazing. you'll catch the next one. Yeah. I'll just I'll fucking re record and throw it yeah. in. They'll never but, know. Yeah, applause on on everybody's teams, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody that's working for the greater good. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I've always, you know what? I'm actually gonna stop myself talking. No, I'm not. With films, the the screenwriter even, mm -hmm. they never, no one's like, oh, who fucking wrote this movie? Yeah, it's always at the Oscars. It's not just like every movie that comes out and is like, oh, by the way, this was written by the brilliant such and such. You know yeah. what I mean? So there, there should be more of that, you know, and it should it should be louder, definitely, because man, I watched the last Guardians of the Galaxy. Those credits went on for fucking ever, <laughs> forever. Yeah, and it was more people than like has been in any Marvel movie, like cast or directors or producers. It was all like engineers and like computer people, but like it was like tens of thousands of people. It seemed like, like yeah, that shit's I mean, crazy. Yeah, I'm sure it was tens of thousands of people. Straight up. So I'm like, who's getting paid how exactly? I don't yeah. Know. I love that you made a point of that. I think that's that's really important. It, it, it is. It so is. many people go into making something. Yeah. Directors ain't shit. Just kidding. You guys are amazing. <laughs> we all need each other. Everybody's got different talents. You know yeah. what I mean? Like LeBron can't win by himself. No, he cannot. No, he cannot. Keenan, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, man. And and good luck on your new ventures. Like Yeah. It's cool that you like have had a learning experience and are still going. So yep. that's what's up. It was a big learning experience. I'll see you at SNL. Yeah. Come through. Like, remember when Keenan told me that I'll never make it there? Just <laughs> kidding, that's not what you said. She proved me wrong, folks. So enjoy <laughs> this next sketch. That's so funny. Sophia with an F. Yes. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>